Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Johnny Tan, author of From My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living. Welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio Show. My guest for this morning is Ann Kate Sullivan, Ph.D. She is an award-winning and best-selling author focusing on mythology and folklore for the modern age. With a master's and doctorate in literature from Columbia University and King's College London, and walked the British Isles and Ireland to reclaim the stories that she has assembled in her Legends of the Grail series. The Grail is Divine Feminine. In each book, Anne brings forth the story of a goddess or heroine, often speaking from the legend's voice. Included also are guided meditations, specifically designed to call forth that figure's protections, essence, and empowering qualities so that the modern-day women can embody and strengthen their spirit. Anne's inspirational books include Consider This, Tracking the Deer, The Wind Horse, and Three Days in the Light, as well as an award-winning children's series including Sparkle and the Gift, Sparkle and the Light, Ella's Magic, and A Story of Becoming. She has won over 30 Literary Awards. Anne and I will be having a conversation about her incredible life's journey and her passion for healing as well as the strength of the divine essence passed down from her award-winning books, Heroine of Avalon and Other Tales and Legends of the Grail, Stories of Celtic Goddesses. Good morning, Anne. Welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. How are you doing this morning? I'm wonderful. Thank you for having me on the show. It is a pleasure to have you on the air with me. Your books are awesome reads. They truly need to be made into movies, but I'll accept books for right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, could, I could see them as a series because you know, with, with maybe the first one that, that's in Legends of the Grail, you have the granddaughter yes. of Noah on a ship. Sailing across the ocean and, and, and arriving in Ireland, it, it, it's epic. You know, it's it's Mamma Mia over again, all over again. <laughs> Time's Game of Thrones. <laughs> so true, so true. Yeah. The books are beautifully constructed, by the way. Very, very informative, very thorough. Congratulations on their releases and the awards that you have received for them. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm really touched that they're so, they have been very well received. Yes. Let us start by getting to know you a little bit better. Please give us a quick walkthrough of your life from childhood to the present moment. This is a, a long question, you realize, but, I, but I'm going to well, get you to the really quick. We have the whole hour now, by the way. <laughs> we have a whole hour, so I can, I can, uh, I can lean back and, and give you my yeah. biography, uh, autobiography. <laughs> well, I think if, if I just go into it quickly, I've been lucky mm-hmm. in that I was raised um, with a father who who was a, a novelist and a poet and a and a photographer and a, uh, he was you know a very interesting intellectual and very open minded and my mm-hmm. mother um is an international artist and so i was always around people who were were free thinkers and and i i appreciated that cuz they they didn't try to shut anything down cuz you you start talking about mythic imagination and people mm-hmm. go what so but it it's so important right now, you know, this, this, this particular topic. And 35 years ago when I started to collect these stories, so just in terms of my life, I, I, I grew up in Virginia in the Blue Ridge Mountains, and I love the Blue Ridge Mountains. And the, the mountains, just, they speak to me. The, I, I think they're dragons that live in there, you know. They, you can hear them <laughs> rumbling when the storms come over. <laughs> I just love them. And, and there's some wonderful... Um, uh, Native American names too, like Shenandoah, the Shenandoah yeah, area. It's um, our daughter of the stars, you know. So, mm-hmm, so there's mm-hmm. a poetic, mythic imagination here too. And um, we have a legacy farm in Virginia mm-hmm. uh, that, and we're still trying to figure out exactly all the details, but it looks like our family came over in about 1665, 1668 mm-hmm. from from Northern England from 
uh, Cambria or Northumbria area. And so, it, so it's wonderful to have a place that you can walk on and you can feel the ancestors. And so this all started just like your show in Mama's Kitchen, my, my grandmother's kitchen. <laughs> and she would tell me the stories of the knights and the ladies and, and all kinds of different things. And so she really activated this, this, this interest in my ancestors mm-hmm. and where they were from and, and their, their value. Their, I mean, if, if these people from uh, northern England came over, and see, this was before America was formed, you know, before we have Jamestown mm-hmm. and, and so forth, with these land grants, these were tough people. These were people who could somehow survive plagues and ships and all sorts <laughs> of difficult winters and no internet, right? Right, <laughs> right, um, right. It, diff, different times. And so somehow, you know, going to Bamborough Castle and going to uh, some the Joyous Guard, going to some of these places, the Llewellyn Castle in Wales also, I, I, I have been able to just sort of tap their courage and tap their their generosity of spirit, their hope for the world, their their spark of life, you know, so... Um, and I've, I've been lucky, you know, to get these awards and and to be able to travel so much and um, and 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 there there we have it. I basically one road has led to the next road, and and it always seems to circle back to Britain and Ireland and old stone circles and um, yeah, it's really really fun, especially in this age that we're in right mm-hmm. now, where where everyone's mm-hmm. worried about the planet and what's happening and. Oh my goodness! You know, thirty-five years ago, when I was walking, there's nobody in these places, and now you go to Stonehenge, and it's like a museum, and hundreds of people right. are around it. So it's changing. Things are changing. One of the interesting things, though, I do have to bring this up: Has your mom sent you the bill yet for her royalty fees for her artwork in the books? <laughs> um, well, she requires she she lives down the road from me, and she she has requirements, not so much monetary, but I do have to ride. I'm just still, kidding, though. She's seventy nine. <laughs> well, this is, it is kind of cute. She's seventy nine, and I have to go ride the horse with her at least once a week. Aww. So that that's that's the royalty payment there. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can manage that very well. <laughs> it's good. You know what we do? It's really fun. We ride together. And we sing old songs as we ride through the woods, and it's just it just warms my heart, you know. It's 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 so healing for both of us, and we never know how long we have our mama. It's a it's precious time. It's a precious time that we have together. What I can say is that what I grew up way in the mountains with with these these wonderful parents I was talking about, and so I had the opportunity to go and walk along these paths. And find things like old buzzard trees with with birds that had dropped skulls beneath it and feathers and and I would go and collect these these things that I considered sacred objects and <laughs> so i would I would take all of these things back and i in the beginning i made I would make these native American wheels um and and I was then told later by by my friends that the, this was not okay that I um, was appropriating Native American wisdom and that I couldn't do that and I I was devastated because I really felt that I um, I I wanted to make a deep honoring honorable connection with the land and so I continued. Um, I just continued to do the practices until I discovered Celtic shamanism. And Mm -hmm. I realized that this this, this Celtic shamanism was actually the true lineage of my people, Um, even more so than Christianity. I mean, Christianity was something that swept in later. But if you you take it way back, and a lot of the stories here we have uh, in in Legends of the Grail, some of the stories are 10,000 years old. They've been told a very, very long time. And they're told again in each age because if you're a, a bard, a true bard, you know, if you're true, if you're yeah, a true storyteller, you want to keep the wisdom alive for each age because cause we walk through perilous times and then we go, how do we get through this? And we realize, well, somehow we've we've managed to get through the past 10,000 years. We can probably keep going if we wake up a little bit, you know, if we can... <laughs> 
move into harmony and balance with the earth and if we can listen right. to our ancestors, yeah? One of the interesting things, you talked about your relationship with your mom, and I thought that's wonderful because this is, again, it's part of like when we go through life, we don't realize certain things. We're in the moment, so we don't think about introspection. Situation happens, it makes us think about introspection, and whether it's good, bad, or ugly, it doesn't matter because it's a wonderful learning experience because the past is always a classroom for lessons learned. So having said that, when you look back as a child, did you experience your depth of thoughts were perhaps different from your family and friends? Well, my my father was definitely a unique character. He started the school mm-hmm. that we went to. And we grew up. We went. Out, <laughs> we 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 really lived pretty far out, and so I had this unique upbringing, and mm-hmm. not a lot of friends actually. I didn't have mm-hmm. I didn't have access to a lot of people. I think in hindsight. It was very, it was great and very rich. Um, I don't know how many people now, you know, or even back then had had the opportunity to really spend time in nature with trees and walking on the earth Mm -hmm. and, you know, being in a very creative, natural environment. I think it's very healthy. And what I noticed, I mean, it's a lot of children and adults and so forth who are depressed and suffering and ill. It's really because they've lost their connection with nature. So I, Mm -hmm. I think... I was definitely a unique kid. There was no doubt about it. I, they didn't know what to do with me at school when I when I finally went to high school. <laughs> they just they 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 gave me a bunch of tests and they and they said, well, uh, you they they I actually went ahead three three grades, and they finally just said, would would you just like to go to college because we don't really know what to do with you. So, fifteen I started taking <laughs> when I was fifteen I started taking college classes and. Then I went to Holland University, and I graduated when I was 19. I graduated from college when I was 19. So it was, mm-hmm. so it was a little out of sync with with um, my peers in a way, and yet at the same time I was meeting incredible writers. I had a, a, a writing teacher named Richard right. Billard who was incredible, and I started really early on winning a lot of awards for my writing. I was I was. I was recognized early on, which was great. And mm-hmm. and because of that, I was given this um, partial fellowship to, to Columbia. And what was neat about that was no one in my family had ever gone to an Ivy League university. It was a completely new thing. It was upsetting for everybody in the beginning that I was going to take <laughs> off to New York. And, it, and, it, and New York was very different for me because I had lived in the country, and now I'm in this amazing city you know that never sleeps and um mm-hmm. and I got to meet all the all the writers of the age that were that were passing through and it was very inspiring very inspiring but I did miss you know it also set up a longing in me you know to mm-hmm. to, to go mm-hmm. back into nature but to you know and how do I do that I really had a question about how do I walk back into nature and work with it because I'm not native american I mean I'm I'm an early Virginian, yeah. but I'm not really a Native American. What is a, a Native European? You know, what what mm-hmm. were their traditions, and what what you know? How do I go back and connect with that? And I, you know, I read like Robert Bly's News of the Universe, and I was mm-hmm. was inspired by his um, mysticism. But I but it took me mm-hmm. a while to find a mystical path that. It's interesting because when you when you start doing spiritual things, um, right, you you find that there there are lots and lots of spiritual paths, religious traditions, and so forth. But you'll find if you start looking, that one will grab you. You know, it's like whoop, it's mm-hmm. got you. And that happened for me when I was in Glastonbury at, in Somerset at the Chalice Well, which is really where this series comes from because mm-hmm. I wanted deeply I had a deep longing to understand the divine feminine, what that was. I mean I was in this very patriarchal world, which was great, I was loving it, but I felt something was missing. You know, what is this mm-hmm. what is this missing piece, you know, this longing, this longing to find um I'm feeling you know, I was at the point that point in time I was feeling quite disconnected and um and so I had started having experiences at, in England at these different wells. Now, uh, in Ireland in particular, there are these places known as the sin places. 
they had the whole tradition of fairy folk and, you know, rainbows <laughs> and, and, and all sorts of things. But when you go and you really are sitting at the, the, the edge of the Western world and I was traveling mm-hmm. to these places that I thought would be full of people, and I was the only person there. I'd have to flag down somebody at a tractor and get, you know, <laughs> get through the cows on the road. And right, <laughs> right. And you wind up at these old stones by these these turlaws, which are seasonal lakes, and and then you're sitting there and you're listening to the way that the trees rub together and the and they make this kind of music, and then you go, oh, mm-hmm. I get it, mm-hmm. you know. It's like, right, this, this is the music of the fairy folk, you know. So. Um, so it invites you, invites you into what I call the mythic imagination, and I played with that growing up. But as as I was doing this research, it was interesting because there was there was a kind of something going on where I would research, like say Queen Maeve or Cahulian of Merhevna or some of these Gaelic characters, and then I would go to the landscape where they were said to have lived, and then I would realize that the story still lived in that land. So if I would go and I'd go into sort of meditation in that land, it was as though, and and is it true or not? I don't know, but it was as though I could hear them, you know? And so mm-hmm. in my mm-hmm. books, what I have, or that I have the myths and legends as they've been passed down through the, through the ages, and they're well-researched and so forth, um, but then, but then I have what happens when you actually stand in those places, and you open. Mm-hmm. So the, the Grail is really sort of an opening, an opening up, so you can be receptive to the magic. You know, it's, a, it's an interesting. Um, the, the mythic imagination just opens you up to this other world. It's like Alice in Wonderland, you know, falling into this other world. Right. Allow yourself to move into this other dimension. Oh my goodness! You know, all of a sudden you're in this animated, <laughs> animated world, you know, where the stars are singing, where, right. where the birds are giving you messages, where, and so, so Ireland definitely opens that up, you know, it opens up that, 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 that sort of imagination. So, um, I'm working on a travel log right now, so hopefully some people <laughs> <laughs> will go to some of these places and have yeah. some mythic experiences. Well, you describe those places beautifully in the book. I mean, obviously, this started out as sort of an intellectual pursuit, mm. and somehow it morphed into a journey of spiritual awakening for you. When did that happen, and how was that discovery experience like? Well, it, it was interesting, because my, my parents were, my grandparents were Christian. My parents were mm-hmm. really sort of, not atheist, but they were bohemian. They sort of, they tossed out religion, you know, so they weren't mm-hmm, into it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when, and I was good at, I was good at the intellectual thing, you know, <laughs> I would get awards and they, <laughs> I would go on to this next, it was wonderful to get an overseas research. I think it's like 1% of people get to get a doctorate or at that time could get mm-hmm. a doctorate in England. And then I got the Overseas. Somehow I'm teaching about Yates in England. I was like, how does this even work? You know, <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. It was incredible fun. And right. um, but it 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 started to shift when, like, literally, when I would go to the places and I would be, and I would say, oh my goodness, this is where, you know, Kulan of Merhevna, you know, had his battle, and and you know, the Morrigan came to join mm-hmm. him, and I would stand in those places. And I would have the, I would have a mystical experience, and and by that I I meant I mean that I would feel a presence, and mm-hmm. the strongest presence in the beginning, and luckily it was very very loving. I I have never really had experiences of of sort of dark entities. It's very rare. It's not something that mm-hmm. I maybe I don't attract it, you know. But I would go like I would go and I would have I would feel. Um, for instance, at the Chalice Well, when I was saying, "Please show me the face of the divine. What is the energy of the of the feminine? I really want to know." And I, at the time, I thought I was going after Mary Magdalene, but mm-hmm. what came out was was just a presence that smelled like roses, and it had mm-hmm. it, the feeling was so incredibly loving. I went, "Oh, I get it. That that's really the energy. Maybe that's just the energy of the divine." Uh, you know, but 
I went there. There she is. I've I found her. I found the thing that I was missing. You know, and and that inspired me. So I get back every year actually to that well. Mm-hmm. Say, what's next? You know, what's what's my next quest? Where are you going? What do you want to show me? Where are you right. going to lead me? Right. Right. I go taking off through right. some Welsh. You know, the Welsh mountains or something. <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh, yeah, it's it's delightful. Wonderful. You emanate that beautiful energy of joy mm. in the two books that I have here in front of me, and as well in your aura. So mm-hmm. what was the thing that sort of got you over the top and led you to achieve the wholeness that you were looking for? Well, I, I think um, wholeness, I think of the grail as wholeness. When you really achieve the mm-hmm. grail, you've found your wholeness. But I I also think it's an ongoing journey. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure mm-hmm. as long as we're on the planet it ever that there's an end point, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. So, but we might achieve maybe a, an aspect or something. So, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. what I I really started to feel as I was as I've been questing that mm-hmm. our true nature of all for all of us is actually joy. It's happiness and joy. Right. And, it's it's overlaid with suffering, and and I think where we suffer is really just where we're out of where we're out of alignment. We're just out of alignment in some way, and that place will suffer. And and it might be our bodies that suffer. It might be, you know, we might have mental suffering, or who knows how. Or it might be a it might be a, a lineage, you know, of suffering. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and you know, when we really quest, I think we can start to differentiate between what we might be carrying from our past. That's really heavy. Right. And we don't need to carry anymore. We can let it, lay it down, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. What in our own personal life, where we're suffering, and if we turn around and, and ask that aspect, you know, you, you, can even, you can even push it outside of right. yourself and say, okay, who are you and why are you suffering right now? You know, which is a sort of gestalt mm-hmm. exercise in psychology. And, right. And, and then under, there's always wisdom in every emotion we ever feel, whether it's anger, whatever, it, whether it's positive or negative. There's always there's always intelligence there, and you can ask it, and you can go, oh, okay, I understand why you're suffering. Okay, and the moment we do that, and we get the wisdom from that peace, we tend to return to joy, and um, it, and and yeah, it's 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 our true nature. So if we're not in joy, something it's time for a quest. Time to go to the well. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So true. So true. <laughs> very, very true. Yeah. By the way, you're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. Our podcasts are available on Apple's iTunes, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, Google Play, and TuneIn Radio. I'm Johnny Tan, your host, and my guest for this morning is Ann Kate Sullivan, Ph.D. She is an award-winning and best-selling author focusing on mythology and folklore for the modern age with a master's and doctorate in literature from Columbia University and King's College London and walked the British Isles and Ireland to reclaim the stories that she has assembled in her Legends of the Grail series. The Grail is the Divine Feminine. Aaron and I are having a conversation about her incredible life's journey, passion for healing, and the strength of the divine feminine essence passed down from her award-winning books, Heroine of Avalon and Other Tales, and Legend of the Grail, Stories of Celtic Goddesses. Well, Aaron, let's talk about the book itself. Please give us a synopsis of the book. Well, we have um, Legends of the Grail is, is the first. They, they're standalone books. You can read them together mm-hmm. or separately. If you have more of an Irish lineage, we go more for Legends of the Grail. And the title throws people sometimes because I, I'm really using Grail as the divine feminine. The, what what right. I, I was looking for the divine feminine. So that's how it got the title. Some people think of Grail as, um, you know, they, they're, the Holy they're, Grail. There are a lot yeah. of diff- the Holy Grail. There are a lot of different definitions yeah. of Grail. But right. um, but these are the these are stories of mostly Irish goddesses. And what they have three parts. Each one has three parts. So it's it's not a novel. It's it's a collection. It's a collection of stories. And the first part is the myth or legend as it was given in that place. And and each book has about six or seven of these legends. And I just went for the ones that pulled me, that really called to me. And I, I mm-hmm. had this first experience with Danu, um, who who is the mother goddess 
of of a race of beings in Ireland known known as the Tuatha de Dunan, and and this is one of the reasons Ireland is sort of a special place. These, <laughs> these were known as the tall magical people, and if you think of Merlin for a minute, you know this was probably right. Merlin's mom. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. she would have been mm-hmm. she would have been stirring her pot in, in, in at Merlin's house. Um, and so she starts the story, and she explains why the divine feminine energy was taken off the planet, or actually why the Tuatha de Dune, and why, really kind of why magic was removed. Magic meaning, mm-hmm. meaning our sort of in, our ability to move in an animated universe, why that was taken off the planet. Mm-hmm. And, and it was because we were supposed to experience this time of difficulty. So the next one that rides in is, is Kaysar, the granddaughter of Noah, <clears throat> who was not allowed to bar, board the ark. And so, as you do, she just made her own ark and set sail to Ireland mm-hmm. <laughs> with her friends and her, her herd of horses, which is very important. Um, and that's actually from the Labra Gabala, um, an old Gaelic text, which for a long time was mm-hmm. considered history. And now they're thinking maybe, maybe there is something to it. Um, it, I can go back to that, but there, the, it's a wonderful, sort of exciting story. And, and the reason, historically, um, that people consider Ireland the home of the goddess traditions, of the Celtic goddess mm-hmm. traditions. So the, the, the goddess is alive and well in, on the British and in, in, on the Irish shore. So, um, so then the, they keep going uh, in, into sort of different, different, um, different deities. Um, and they, it winds up, at the very end, you get to um, the Kaliach, the old woman of the world, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. her pod, and she, has, <laughs> she, has, she is all things, she has all things, and she's a, she's a really wonderful character, and uh, Bridget is her, her maiden counterpart. So, the, so each one is a, has um, the myth and legend as it was given, and then I stand in the place, so, so like La Crue, I, I was at La Crue, which is this old cairn that's older than Stonehenge. It's older than the, <laughs> than the pyramids, you know, and I, I would crawl into right. these places and sit there and, and, and imagine if I was the Kaliach, what would I say now? You know, so the stories come mm-hmm. that way. And I, I would fall mm-hmm. in love with each one as I had did this practice. And then speaking of practices, so then it's followed by practices and colors and visualizations and ways in which we can, the reader can start to develop your own mythic imagination. You know, which character are you mm-hmm. really excited about? Maybe you tap into Bridget, um, and then, you know, who knows what would open up from there. So there are lots of practices to help you, the reader, connect um, back into the earth and how we, how we live in this kind of exciting, animated way. Um, so that's Legends of the Grail. Heroines of Avalon um, follows something. It's, it's very similar in the structure. We've got the myth and legend. These are British tales, mostly Welsh. Mm-hmm. Um, starts with the goddess Erin Rood, um, who, who was also very similar um, to the Tuatha de Dunan, very, very similar. Her mother's Dawn. Some people say Danu and Dawn are the same being. Um, but she was a goddess, a Welsh goddess who would, could sing with the stars and weave all things into being. And so this is her tale as it was given about how even though she could do this, she gets taken off track and mm-hmm. she has to find her way back again. And, you know, I think a lot of us have had these moments where maybe we've gone off track and we need to find our way. So working with Erin <laughs> reminds us of how we return to our song of the our own dance, our own song. And uh, she creates Blue Dywith, who who is a, a flower goddess. And um, mm-hmm. Blue Dywith has a very difficult story, and we learn a little bit about forgiveness. And so they keep going. Uh, they end with, um, this book ends with the first person in Arthurian legend. Now we've gone from like 10,000 years ago up to like mm-hmm. fifth century. So we we encounter the first person to, to achieve the Holy Grail. Turns out it, she was a woman. No one ever has written about her, as far as I know. <laughs> She's always called the unnamed sister of Percival in some footnote. Mm-hmm. And I even went to John Matthews, who's England's expert on Arthurian legend, and said, John, why hasn't anyone written about Dendrana? And he said, well, I mm-hmm. suppose that's your job. Yeah. So her story... <laughs> 
uh, the Grail champion is is in the book, uh, as, as well as Elaine. She's another Grail champion, and in more of the Arthurian sense. So, so the stories are going from ancient wells up until sort of early Christian church, and mm-hmm. and and one thing I love about it is it it, it incorporates you know, so many traditions at a, at a at a time period where where. Um, so the mythic, again, the mythic imagination was very open. It was very open, and, and people were curious about all sorts of things. But um, Dendrana teaches us that you can you can open open the gates to another world and walk through. So she teaches us how to become a walker between worlds. So she's she's a neat neat character. Fantastic. One of the things that fascinates me about your book is the fact that when you talk about goddesses and divine beings that are here on earth and the whole subject matters in Ireland. When you look back in history, other parts of the world have almost the same stories, whether Mm. it's mythical or it's real, right? And yet what's fascinating is that we are just that one piece of the puzzle that connects into everything. There's a common language about good, bad, evil mm-hmm. and the fascination of how during those times however three four thousand years ago or as early as in the 14 1300s or so that different parts of the world do share these principles for lack of a better term men and women and especially the women are the hidden leaders of communities in so many ways the other thing that what is fascinating also when we talk about your book the essence of it is so relevant today because as we go through the process of growing and expansion and so forth, there was a period of time in our lifetime, respectfully, I would say, and don't you agree that there was a period of time where we were Mm -hmm. captivated by science and technology, and that's all we focused on. Somehow, Mm -hmm. the energy of the world has shifted over the last several years to more of a spiritual nature. Mm -hmm. And so, these books are wonderful channel towards us looking back and whether some of them are just mythology, the principles are real now, today, as it was two, three thousand years ago. That's so true. I, and if you, and people tend to say, oh, it's just mythology, but you have to think, like yeah. you think of the character Merlin for a minute. It, right. it, we all know Merlin, right? He, he's the, mm-hmm. the magical wizard. But this archetype of the magical wizard has been around for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And so in some way, Merlin is much more real than we are. (laughs) We get a little, what, like 90 years maybe if we're lucky, right? He's been around for thousands and thousands of years. And and so when you start working in in Asia, you have um, Kuan Yin, you know, the goddess of compassion. And so That's yes, correct. you do find you do find the same these same characters in all traditions all around the world. Of course you do. You're going to find the old woman. You're going to find the magical one. You're going to find the, the <laughs> fool. You know the one that makes us laugh. And um, what's really fun, I think, is when when you can tap into your own um, genealogy. And mm-hmm. of course, ultimately, we're all one. We're going to connect to everybody on the entire planet. Ultimately, right. But right, when you right. start, just so you don't get overwhelmed, you know, when you start, <laughs> it's really fun if you can tra- trace yourself back to one. And right. um, that, I mean, that I thought it was fun when I was doing my my research that I I could trace myself back to my 25th grandmother was Eleanor of Aquitaine. And I went, well, how perfect mm-hmm. is that? Because she made, <laughs> she made the, the grail legend famous. So of course, you know, my grandmother from, from right. the 12th century is saying, keep telling the stories, you know, they're important. The wisdom <laughs> is important for each generation. And, right. you know, a true bard, a true, a true poet, a true bard would know 250 stories of the people. And it's not just because mm-hmm. they're stories. It's because, they're wisdom traditions. You're actually you're actually passing a little gift every time you tell the story. You're saying, "Look, here's mm-hmm. one of your jewels. Here's one of your emeralds. Here's one of your diamonds. Here's here, take it, take it, take it. It's really yours. Take this. You're gonna find your joy." <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. It's so, so true, that, though. It, it's no doubt about it. It's very, very true when you talk about those kind of things. And I'm so glad you mentioned that because that's the commonality. I think mm-hmm. I'm sure in your research, you start finding like, wow, and I'm using this 
words respectfully. I mean, forget the Ten Commandments, just take the top four or five. It's been there forever or something. Mm-hmm. It, that makes sense. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, we know, we know that we know. I mean, you know, Christianity, you have two commandments. You know, right. love God with all your mind, heart, and soul. Love each other as I've loved you. They're beautiful. Those are two beautiful mm-hmm. commandments, right? And mm-hmm. But if you look mm-hmm. in all traditions, they're there everywhere. We know we need to love and care for each other. We know we we want to do as little harm as possible. And yet, what do we do? You know, we disconnect. We, <laughs> we forget our practices. And, um, and I think science and technology, I mean, as wonderful as they are, be, because I love to be able to go on the Internet. I love the fact that you right, know, we, right, we can right. have this conversation right now and people all over the place can hear it, and it's fantastic. But we also need to keep in mind that we, we are creative beings, and we, we mm-hmm. can, if we create our way into a problem like we've done with the mm-hmm. earth, we are wise enough to create our way, our way back out. We can do that. Mm-hmm. And so... Mm-hmm. And those those are the moments where you have to go put your feet in the soil and go and call upon one of the great architects of the universe, <laughs> you know, and and, um, <laughs> and say, um, Marilyn, I'm, I need you right now. And what do we do about this plastic situation that we have? Right, it, right. You know, right. and but there's there's a reality to it that see, and I think I think it's easy to pass wisdom through stories because you're not you're not trying to dictate to someone or you're not you're not trying to tell them what to do you're just in, mm-hmm. you're just in, inviting people to remember who they are so it's a different right. process yeah right one of the things that i really enjoyed is your book offers practices mm. that goes along with each goddesses and so forth mm-hmm. can you share with us the practice of building a place of personal refuge by goddess Cecilia? Yeah, it's uh, Kesar. Um, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's tricky with with the uh, with Gaelic because the C's are generally pronounced as K's, and if you're here, people say Celtic. But actually, when you're when you're in the 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 on the other side of the Atlantic, they usually say Celtic. So we know we know <laughs> we know we 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 understand these things. Um, so so what's a what's a wonderful about Kesar is that. So the story is she was the granddaughter of Noah, who was in the the incorrect lineage, supposedly. So she wasn't allowed to, to board the ark. She had to create her own ark, and, set, and she set sail. And um, one of the things with, with the practice is that she teaches us, you know, if you can imagine for a moment you're out in the middle of the ocean and it's swirling and you've been rejected by your, your, your ancestors and you're with your friends and you don't really know what's going to happen, and she throws the light of her heart out into, and she just hopes someone's going to catch it. So this is the moment that you have to build this place of personal refuge. And this is the time when we go, I'm taking time out. I'm really examining my thoughts. I'm getting rid of what's negative because it's not really going to serve me. And I'm going to build a positive refuge for myself with my own loving intention about for my body, for my mind, for my spirit, for my ancestors. And that's really what, what she's about. So at the moment when she doesn't know if she can do this anymore, Fintown, the great poet of Ireland, throws his arm around her. And it's Eru, the goddess of Ireland, who, who pulls her ashore. So, so she's the one that begins the goddess tradition there. And, and I, love, I love the tale because it means here we, we, we have found our light. We found our inner sparkle. We found our, what lights us up in this world, our, our hope, our belief, our love. And that is what propels us forward. And, it, and I think it's important for this time that we live in, too, you know, not to get caught up with all the negative stories. Or if we do get caught up with the negative stories, to go, hang on a second, I need a shower. <laughs> I need a shower. <laughs> Let's reconstruct this bubble here. So, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Right. I agree. How do we heal ourselves by playing with the light? Well, in this is this is, it, I have this in in this series, but it, in my children's series even more, in Sparkle mm-hmm. Sparkle in the Light yeah. in particular. Um, in, in Sparkle and the Gift, where the little, little girl says to her mother, do you, do you remember Do you remember that we are human beings, H-U-E-M-A-N? Mm-hmm. So hue, mm-hmm. we're made up of color, light, and sound. Of course, some physicists know this, that we're made up of color, light, and sound. 
Mm-hmm. And sometimes we can get so heavy and so dense, you know. And when when we can get in touch with our, I call her sparkle for a reason, you know. When we get in touch with our sparkle, then mm-hmm. uh, you know, then then we our quest begins, and we can remember remember our grail, remember all the pieces of who we truly are. And so I I talk a lot about collecting all the stories, all the colors of your rainbow. And they have a lot of colors in the in the the book too. And I I actually did it because I years and years ago I met this woman who was blind and she only saw color. That's the only thing she saw, and I was so fascinated by her. And I went back up and studied for quite a long long time. And I realized that if you just sit, it, it's actually true if you if you try it. Mm-hmm. I, I make these color bottles where you can put scarves out. Now if you put them in patterns. They actually tell stories. I taught my children how to read this way. You put the you put a mm. you know an orange together with a blue. Oh, you, the, okay. These are your parents. This is your these are your creative parents, and they want to speak. What do they want to speak about? Oh, we've got yellow. Oh, they want to pass some joy and intelligence and wisdom about your true nature, your joy to you. So you can read color like this. It's you know it's like learning another language, but it's it's lovely. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lovely, positive, sweet way to learn to read. Yeah. Mhm. Very, very interesting. You're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. Our podcasts are available on Apple's iTunes, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, Google Play, and TuneIn Radio. My guest is Ann Kate Sullivan, PhD. She is an award-winning and best-selling author focusing on mythology and folklore for the modern age. With a master's and doctorate in literature from Columbia University and King's College London, and walked the British Isles and Ireland to reclaim the stories that she has assembled in her Legends of the Grail series. The Grail is Divine Feminine. Erin and I are having a conversation about her incredible life's journey, passion for healing, and the strength of the Divine Feminine's essence passed down from her award-winning books, Heroine of Avalon and Other Tales and Legends of the Grail, Stories of Celtic Goddesses. I'm your host, Johnny Tan. And who is Goddess Erin Hood? Well, Erin Root is a, a Welsh goddess who mm-hmm. I, we spoke about earlier. She's, she's one of the ones who mm-hmm. can, she was one of the very original deities of the earth, rather like Dene. Um, her mother, I guess, in some traditions was Dawn. They might be the same being. Mm-hmm. But she was able to, she actually was one of the ones who would weave all things into being. So she could connect with the stars and she could connect with the earth. In the Celtic tradition, um, there's rather like the in, in um, Jewish mysticism, they have the tree of life, also in Norse mythology. But in the Celtic tradition, you have the the teachings of the tree of life, and that that's one thing. One of the things that Aaron wrote, Aaron Rood reminds us of is that um, mm-hmm. their cosmology is different. They have an upper world, a middle world, and a lower world, like Lord of the Rings. This is where a, a lot of of the myths mm-hmm. that you you'll find in Lord of the Rings comes from. This, but you have the the central world, the breed, the Middle Earth, where we, where we act things out, where we enter dualism, where we get into fights, where we we learn the humans, you know. And then there are these gateways to the underworld, and the underworld in the Celtic tradition is not hell. It's not. It's called hell, and it's called hell in the Norse tradition, <laughs> but it's not in the Christian, you know, sense of hell. Yeah. But you go down into the underworld, and what you find down there is you tend to find a dragon, and you find some power, your true mm-hmm. power, and you might find some gemstones. But you find out your ancestors. And you find out everything that you need to know about really uh, growing into your mission, whatever your mission is, your particular way of dreaming with this earth and dreaming with this, this reality is what you find there. And then you come back up, and then you go up into the upper world, um, Gwynvid and Sagant. And in these upper realms, this is where you meet your guides and your and your. They're not really angels so much in the Celtic tradition, but they they're a little bit like angels. They're like Davic beings. They're these sort of overarching mm-hmm. winged beings that that are very wise and understand how things, how you're supposed to unfold your optimal unfoldment and and how the earth is meant to unfold optimally. So when you when you tap into some of those things, it's very very blissful, especially Sagant, which is when you realize it's all one. One huge, beautiful, one living, breathing mm-hmm. planet of which we are all one 
part. So, so uh, if you look at the Celtic tree, it's in a circle, and so you have the branches, and then the branches reach down into the roots, mm-hmm. and it goes back up into the, to the. Uh, so, Aaron Root is is the embodiment of that, of of you know this understanding that, that she lives in a place called Care City. And it's that, that there's a spinning existence, and if we can open ourselves to it, if we can open ourselves to our dreams and to our imagination, then an incredible genius, our glefiosa, can flow to us, and we can awaken. Yes. <laughs> What's interesting is that when we talk about energy, and there's a lot of mentioning of connecting with the cosmos, mm. cosmic energy. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting about it is that that's something that was heavily practiced in the past. Yes. And somewhere along the line, it got lost in the shuffle <laughs> mm-hmm. over the millennia. And then now it's coming back. So we mm-hmm. are going full circle. Isn't that fantastic? It is fantastic. And we are going full circle. I mean, if if we listen to the Mayans yeah. for a minute, you know, we've, we've got, we've yeah. done... You know, we we've left the Kali Yuga. You know, we're we're entering the golden yeah, age, and yeah. the, we're on standing on the the dawn of, the, of this new time, right. and which right. is exciting. Right. It's scary too because oh, things aren't working oh, anymore yes. the way they used to. But there's right. a lot that's bubbling up. You know, there's a lot that's bubbling mm-hmm. up now. That's why we have to remember to put our feet on the earth and be creator beings so we can <laughs> we can keep going. But yeah, it is it is an exciting time. It's a very exciting time, and it's. It is cosmic now, and and I think what I what I like about the the native tradition, the European native tradition, is that you don't mm-hmm. if you if you have your feet on the ground, and then you start working with these really high cosmic energies, you don't spin out. You're still oh, I mm-hmm. still got your belly. You still got my belly. You know, I still got my body. <laughs> I still got. I haven't lost it. I haven't lost it. I'm just I'm just aware yeah. that there's this wonderful reality that I can tap into. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, your book awakens us to ourselves first in understanding that we're all connected in so many ways that there's more than just this physical self. And that brings me to, it's interesting when we talk about divine feminine, it's not just about for women. Mm -mm. It is also for men. So tell us, how is that understanding of that concept helps us in our spiritual journey as men? You know, it's funny. I I'm married to a a, a fellow who's 99% Irish, and he mm-hmm. he played. Uh, he he grew up in New York, and he played with the Jets and the Bears. He was an ex-middle linebacker. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so <laughs> when I met him, I said, "Oh, I know your lineage. You're the lineage of the Munster Kings." Now in yeah, the yeah. in the Celtic tradition, and he knew it, but in the Celtic tradition. Mm-hmm. You could not be a king or a hero or a leader unless the goddess deemed it so. You know, so in Arthurian legend, um, the Lady of the Lake gives King Arthur the sword. You know, she gives him the power. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're ready. Right. Here, there you go. But that's after years and years mm-hmm. and years of training, right? And so, right. so for each, it's not it's not really about gender. What it's about, it's about finding the qualities and capacities that we've lost during. During a patriarchal age, you know, it's it, it's true. We 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 got disconnected during the, you know, during during this this time period, and and so for all of us, it's funny. I thought I would take women on quests, and I had so many men that wanted to go on the quest. I've really found that it's, it's pretty <laughs> equal. <laughs> you know, I was kind of surprised. I was like, you really want to go to a goddess? Well, but <laughs> and but it's been very important for men. And what I've noticed is that when when the, uh, when men start to find these aspects of themselves that they've lost, I mean, we all we've all lost mm-hmm. them. It's not just women; we've all lost them. Right. When we go back and we're looking into the well, and we're starting, like our intuition starting to kick back on again, and we're starting to really feel, and and then we start to notice, oh my gosh, we're all interconnected. I tell you what happens in relationship is the relationships mm-hmm. tend to really improve. They find they right. can love. You know, and when you can really love another person really deeply, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's heaven on earth right there. <laughs> right, right, right. right. Mm. That's true. Very, very true. Because it's sort of 
that balance from within. You talk about that, the earth not being balanced. So now the question is, we have the positive and negative energy. And when I say negative, you're not as a negative energy, but it's the plus and minuses when you talk about electrons and protons or whichever mm-hmm. way you want to translate it. But it's the yin and yang energy, the manly and the feminine, but it has to be balanced. And it does. It, absolutely. It is yin yang. It's absolutely yin yang. Yeah. And they, in the in the the yin yang in the Celtic tradition is the vesica Pisces. Or, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it's the it's where the the circles overlap. Uh, instead right. of being one circle with the two parts, they they're overlapping right. circles. And and it's just a, a reminder. You know, it's a reminder that we all we are we all share the same circle. And so for, you know, women to go on a quest to find their inner king author, <laughs> their mm-hmm. inner grail mm-hmm. and source, you know, when we go questing, we go to find our hallows, which means we're going to go find, we're going to find our, our sort of, pow- our sort of truth and our spear of power mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and which are very masculine qualities and you need them for this world. Right. You, know, you have to, you have to right. be brave and you have to speak up. You have to know your truth. Precisely. Uh, Right. You know, and you have to know when, you know, when people need to knock it off or to go a different direction. We need those qualities. But the ones Precisely. we all know so well are really the grail, the cup, mm-hmm. the cup, the, you know, in some traditions it's the cauldron. But it's the, right. it's the, it's the you know, it's really the watery realms. And, they, and they've been, look if we've done to the oceans. We've polluted the oceans. We've polluted the streams. We forgot the importance of water. And we're 80% water. It's very, very important mm-hmm. to go mm-hmm. and move into correct, connect, uh, correct relationship with the water elements and with the earth elements. And that's what we're missing, all of us. And that's why these quests are important, why the stories are important. And they open up. A lot of people now are just write, writing me, you know, saying, how do, how do I go? Mm-hmm. I want to go on this quest. You know, I really want to go find my lineage and my roots, and I need it. I need it right now. And I think it's true. And... Um, and we can do it, you know. We can do it mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. And it's men and women, do, do, men and women doing this together. It's not separate at all. It's, it's right. uh, absolute equality is what we need. Right. So true. Can you walk us through the practice of a walking meditation to connect with our true nature? Yeah, there are many ways to do a walking meditation, but just very simply, it, you know, it, it's. Um, we move at such a quick rate now. You know, we're always doing, 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 mm-hmm. doing. So part of reestablishing the feminine tradition or the goddess tradition in ourselves is remembering to slow down. Not all the time, but to give yourself time to meditate, to move slowly, to connect in. Because the earth, rocks, stones, trees, they, they move at a much slower rate than, than we do, you know, when we're up more in our technology you know, speed. So there, so there are the sky beings who are fast and the earth beings who are slow. So when we move, it's kind of like doing Tai Chi, but when you move, when you start doing a, a moving meditation, if you can take your shoes off, if you can put your feet on the soil, it's great. You know, not everybody could do that. Uh, <laughs> but if you can, you know, even if it's just a park or, you know, go to the beach or, and it's really good to do every day if you can. But you just put your feet on the on the, the ground. And then I like to just do a little, just, just to just draw a little line around my body so that I, I make sure that I'm mm-hmm. all here. You know, I've, got my, my, I've got my egg. You know, I'm here. <laughs> I've got my, my own field. <laughs> I'm here. I'm this, this speck in this huge cosmos, but I'm, you know, I'm here. I'm, I, I have mm-hmm. this point in time and space, my point of existence. And from that point, you just start to move really slowly, like a slow, like you pick up your right foot, and you feel your heel come off the ground, and you feel you feel your, the ball of your foot, and you feel your toes come up, and you feel you know your the weight of your body on your left leg, and then you very gently you put your foot, your heel, on the earth, and then you, and then you try to stay in as much presence as possible because you feel how that heel on the earth is impacting the earth, is impacting you. We think of it as Gaia in Celtic tradition. It's Kaliach. Um, mm-hmm. how you're impacting the earth with that step. And then so you're starting to feel, as you start to pick up your left heel, you just start to, to, am I moving? Am I moving in harmony with the earth? And then so you start mm-hmm. to, you're starting to develop this sensitivity and awareness that when, you know, by the time you put your next, your left heel down, ah, I'm impacting this way. And hopefully what we're doing is we're, we're putting love into the earth and, 
flowers are going to sprout under our feet, you know, as we pick them up. (laughs) 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 But if we can do that for 15 minutes a day, it's a great practice. Really, really wonderful. Just that little simple thing. It's amazing. That's wonderful. Where can (laughs) someone go to buy your book, get more information about you, and keep up with your latest happenings? Well, you can go to my website. So my first name is AYN, and if you look up AYN online, I'll probably come up. But it's AYN Kate Sullivan, and I think you have links there too. Mm-hmm. And I, if you, you can look at the homepage, and then I have an events page if people are interested in questing or they, they're developing their own spiritual books. I'm also a publisher, so um, so I work with authors who are publishing spiritual books, and. Um, and there's a newsletter. You can sign up for the newsletter, too, to find out all the things that are going on. My books are available, should be available everywhere. They're, Amazon's always easy. Barnes & Noble, you can buy signed copies directly from me. And um, most uh, mom-and-pop bookstores either have them or can get them. And um, so I hope people will, will read and become inspired and, and that we all blossom here together on this beautiful earth. Wonderful. Please share with us about your award-winning children's inspirational books. So I have probably my best-selling book is actually a Mm -hmm. a book called The Story of Becoming. And that one, it's just an incredibly well. It's a spiritual folk tale or fairy tale, really, about uh, an apple tree from the perspective of the tree. Mm -hmm. And all sorts of things happen to this tree. But but (laughs) what's great about this tree is that no matter what happens, she always becomes more more and more miraculous. So that's a really fun story. All ages, kids love it, adults love it. And so that that's that's I think at this point still my best selling book. Um and then I have the the um Sparkle series and those mm-hmm. these are geared towards uh children from say kindergarten to about third grade. Anybody can read them, of course, but it's it, mm-hmm. it, they're fun to read. I made them. They're not industry standard. I made them a little different because my kids always wanted more and more and more and more and more stories. So they're, they're, they're a selection of stories, so we call them continual readers um, if, people want, and if they want the really short children's book. Uh, that's Ella's Magic, which is also fun. But uh, all the Sparkle series are about remembering that your inner light. They're very positive. They're very uplifting. They always go on, they're always going on quests to find something unusual and different. And um, Sparkle in the Light, I know, has helped a lot of kids who have felt mm-hmm. unusual or they're, they're for the light worker children of the world, you know, the ones that are, that are really right. kind of natural seers and and right. uh, that series has done that's also done really well. I know a lot of kids that love it. I know some kids that sleep with them under their pillow. They love them so much. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wonderful. It's a fun series. It's beautiful. What's next for you? Oh my goodness. I I actually have uh, two new book deals and so I need mm-hmm. to actually get my fingers moving and uh <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on a travel log cuz people want to quest, so that's one thing I'm working uh-huh. on. And I'm working on the third series, uh, the third book in this series, which is King. You'll like this one. It's King's Heroes and the Goddess of Sovereignty. So it's actually Uh-oh. about e- equality, <laughs> and it's fun. I, I've been working with my husband a lot on this book, and it's it, it's fun. I hope it will be out next year. Um, but it's it's a it's sort of continuation of this idea of um, how we how we uh, how we can heal in nature and how we mm-hmm. can really take each other's hands and and thrive together. Fantastic. That's wonderful. (laughs) As we close the show, since our show is about people, family, and living lives, would you like to share a recipe for living with our listeners this morning? Well, we've been speaking a lot about joy. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Percival reminds us, he's the, he's the, the one who achieves the Holy Grail in Arthurian legend, one of the ones. And he, you know, he can't achieve the Grail Unless he unless he asks the right questions, he's got to inquire. He's got to he's got to be curious about what's going on in the world around him, because then the world can respond, and then the the true castle can show up. Then he can truly heal. So I think you know, thinking about um, kings and heroes and all these wonderful deities that live within in, within us. You know, let's remember to be curious, and let's remember that our inner sparkle is joyous. And if there's any way we're not joyous, well. Let's ask about it. Let's figure out why 
why we're out of alignment. Let's do yeah. our moving meditation, you know, get back in touch mm-hmm. with the with the way in which we live harmoniously with the earth, and uh, we mm-hmm. can do this. We can do this. So true. Yes. So true. So true. <laughs> yeah. Very, very true. Well, Aaron, thank you for the great recipe for living and for spending this hour with me on From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. To all our listeners, please join me next Tuesday morning, July 9th. My guest will be Linda Tomei Duong. She is a best-selling author, life coach, and thought leader in happiness and connection based in Sydney, Australia. Linda and I will be having a conversation about her wonderful life's journey, her mission to inspire others to attain their ultimate happiness, and her book, Connection, the Currency to Happiness. For additional information about this show and T-shirt shows, please go to fmmktalkradio.com. And it has been a true pleasure. Thank you again, and have a wonderful, blessed day. Thank you. You too. Many blessings. You too. Bye-bye. <laughs> 